what's up, everybody? Welcome to another week. This is the Live Life Wrestling Podcast. It's good to see you. Okay, that's me. My man, Mike Mahler, on the other line. What's going on, dude? I'm doing good, man. How you doing today? Man, I'm good. Sitting here sipping on some good coffee that the wife brought back from Santa Fe. Um, it's a East Timor organic coffee right now, man. So just fueling myself oh. for this show. I'm sipping on some good whiskey. So oh. I think we're well. Think you know what? Well, you know, I was I was kind of <laughs> going out like a broad last night, and I was sitting there having like um, a freaking a mimosa last night. I just I don't know why. I've never had mimosas before, <laughs> but I was at the grocery store. I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy some champagne since I have this organic orange juice. Hey, in man, my it's t- t- time to up that EC dose there. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, had a got... shot of vodka in it, so you know I had to kind of man it up a little. <laughs> okay, bit. now you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have, we have one of our favorite guests back on the show today, so we're going to get to him in a second. But before that, I just wanted to give a shout out to some of the some of our loyal listeners that have been supporting the show by using that coupon code LLA to, to load up on some great products on my website. We got William McQueen, Carl Pruitt, Michael Jacobson from Australia, who's a big fan of both of us, man. He always says really nice things about what we're doing with the show at any time he emails me or buys a product. He says he listens to the show on the way to work, long, long drive to work back and forth each day and is loving it. And Michael Lagrano, these guys all used coupon code LLA to buy products. These are not people that are looking for something for nothing. They're not just listening to the show for a year and never bought a thing. They love the show and then they want to support the show. And it's easy to support the show because I sell great supplements. It's not like I'm asking you to buy crap. I'm not asking you to buy capsulized Sand in a sand <laughs> in a capsule. You, know? you got sugar pill, now you got sand pill. You know? <laughs> I got great stuff that works, but so go check it out at mikemahler.com. Check out my new estrogen blocker. Check out Restorezyme to mitigate inflammation. Check out the recovery oil. Get the best sleep of your night, sleep of your life rather. And check out my testosterone booster. And then I've got some courses coming up in Austria and Scotland in April, and they're filling up fast. You can use that coupon code LLA to get 10% off those courses as well. And how about you, man? Hey, man, same thing. Head over to newwarriortraining.com. Use the same coupon code LLA. Get 10% off of everything I have over there, including Chitter Your Doors. People are, like, getting pumped up. I saw Christina Danos, actually, who's going to be on our show. She had actually posted a picture using hers. And, by the way, Mike, you should have received your bolsitas by now, my man. I did, man. All Thank right. you. Now Thank you, you can give her that dirty condom and use a fresh one now. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I forgot how good coffee tastes from a Triador because the old, the old condom sock was just – too dated to use. I, I went back to using my coffee maker. Yeah. And then I just didn't think much of it. Then I got the new ones in from you, started making it again a few days ago, and I go, man, this tastes so much better. You yeah. just forgot about it. I'm glad you got it in. So yeah, folks, I got I got both seats in now, and I have three packs. So, you know, head over there and grab that. So if you bought a Chiria door in the past, this is the time. I know some of you need to change that Chiria door out. Come on, man. Don't keep, don't keep using the same old condom, man. Come on, that's dangerous. No, I'm yeah, just don't, don't follow Ken's Blackburn's lead where he tried to use it as a condom for his real doll. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and then, and then one more thing man um also big shouts out to the people who are supporting the show in other ways via patreon who jumped on board you know big shouts out to kelly campion make sure i mess your name up um also our boy kev he, he has a very very like irish name that i don't want to screw up but it, it looks like Calman, Cal- Cal- which it could be Kevin for all we know. Because, you know, I've seen how the way how the way they spell Siobhan is like really throw it off, too. So so big shouts out to him, man, being an early supporter. And also Yan and also Greg and also the, Mo- the Mawad sisters, man. So keep those patrons coming, man. Continue to support the show. When you go to Patreon, it's patreon.com slash LLA podcast. There's a box that says give 
block it's a it's a block right there it says give and there's a space with a dollar in it erase that dollar don't be that guy or that girl that dollar is just there by default take that off put in five or more so we can get keep the show free so we don't have to start start charging a membership or whatever else especially with this many episodes going on and all the great guests like we have today so put in five dollars or more that helps us with the production costs that keeps us with the hosting and everything else man everything it takes to keep the show going and keeping it on, on a timely manner so do that, man. Just another way you can just show your support for the show. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. So let's get to our guest right now, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. Today we have a returning guest, John Joseph, lead singer of the Cro-Mags. He's the author of Meat is for Pussies and Evolution of a Cro-Magnon. And he also has a new book that's coming out soon. So we're going to talk about that today as well. John, how you doing, man? Good, man. What's up? Uh, how you guys doing? Doing good, man. Good, I man. noticed you guys have been busy on tour. You've been touring with some great bands like Rude Awakening yeah, yeah, we uh, just got back uh, to the frozen uh, apple from uh, Texas and uh, heading out to the West Coast uh, on the 11th. Go, uh, we have like Arizona and then the whole entire uh, West Coast. So yeah, we're nice. Keep keeping busy, man. A little bit, you know. We don't we don't really tour that much. We'll work in area, you know, go to an area maybe once a year, you know. Right, yeah, that's a big climate change coming from Texas going back to New York, right, man? <laughs> but yeah, well, before that, I was in Jamaica uh, with my lady. We had a vacation, and then before that, I just did uh, Iron Man Cozumel, and I was there for a week. So I'm not, I'm not digging, uh, <laughs> I'm not really digging the cold, man. Jama- Jama- Jamaica, call me now for your free dollar <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You can't do that on front three. Do you know what that's talking about? Yeah, that place is bugged out, man. But no, I I went there the first time in 1980 in the Navy, so I'm I'm kind of dialed in over there. I know I know the ropes, and uh, it's a lot of organic uh, vegan food, and uh, oh good, you know. So yeah, yeah, I was swimming, getting some long swims in, and and runs and stuff, and you know, just. uh, there's never, you know, I don't have really, I don't take days off. It's just less stress involved around every, everything else being out of the city, you know, is, is, right. uh, is my head out a bit. Right, right. So what's what's going on with this new book you have? Well, it's almost done. I've been working on it. I ain't really talked about it much. I, I'm kind of a person that uh, doesn't talk a whole lot of shit about how great their stuff's going to be and whatever. I just <laughs> I just fucking put in the work. And then, uh, so yeah, I've been working on it for about a year. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to be that guy who's talked about a book that's coming out for three years. It's like, years. Oh, it's like, the, it's like an episode of Family Guy where yeah. Stu keeps asking Brian, "So, what's up with that novel you're going to be writing? Huh? Still waiting? Still waiting on it? Still going? Or, or it's, it's better. It's better to surprise people. Yeah. It just comes out. You wrote a book, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just all about the proper, you know, mindset about uh, how to get your things done in life. And from my perspective, I mean, I guess for Lack of a better word, I mean, I hate it because the whole uh, new age fucking weirdos uh, kind of snatched onto the self-help kind of thing. But right. Right. I guess that's kind of, you know, it's it's obviously in, in my voice of, of uh, how I deal with things and examples and anecdotes and, and, and exercises to 
You know, because if you don't have your mind right, then everything else in life, that's that's the that's the first thing you got to do. Right. You know, is is control the uh, is control the mind. You know, to to get your things done. And I got some interviews, you know, with some really heavy duty people as well that have accomplished uh, amazing things in their lives. And so it's just yeah, it's been it's been really fun to write it. And uh, you know, that's been my kind of secret project. So I told my agent today, and uh, I'm gonna you know give him some stuff to check out next week and you know how, how do people keep instead of saying positive mindset i'm going to say productive mindsets or a strong mindset or a mindset of perseverance what can people do to develop well, you that know, I, I, i'll tell you what works for me I, everybody's different but what i do is you know i have a cork board in my house and i have two cork boards so it's really about being able to visualize your goals. It, like my writing teacher, Robert McKee, who like yeah. really inspired oh, me yeah. how to write, said, if it's not written down, then it doesn't exist. You know, yeah. so I try to visualize my goals. Like right now I have, you know, I got, that's how I did this book. I'm working on a TV uh, pilot right now for a, uh, a, a scripted series about New York in the late 70s and early 80s. So, you know, you, you put your scenes up, you, you constantly have something to do. And, and just like uh, I have Iron Man Taiwan coming up and, you know, it, it, I put I put the goal up on my cork board and it's visual. And then I take those steps necessary in order to make that happen. And you have to you have to work at it. Uh, you know, you have to work at it every day. Uh, I mean, the Bhagavad Gita says for you know, for one who has conquered, failed to conquer the mind, it could be his worst enemy. But if you are able to control the mind, it could be your best of friends. So a lot of places in my book, I refer to the enemy mind. And yeah. that's yeah. what took me through a lot of problems in my life with, you know, addiction and worrying about what fucking some, you know, a-hole has to say about me <laughs> and yeah. reacting violently towards it. And, and right. like, So it's really just, you know... I mean, I, I really feel like Bad Brains taught me about PMA in 1980, and that's been something, you know, constantly that I've, you know, been able to have that be my rock of Gibraltar to try to fall back on and 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 uh, and and remain positive. But this book kind of shows you steps that you can take to do that and what what to watch out for, what the pitfalls are, you know, who you hang out with your association, what do you do every day, what are your goals, how do you stay, you know, what, sec what separates a successful person from someone who con who fails constantly, yeah. and, I, you know, I've failed at a lot of things, so it's not like, you know, it's also putting out my, you know, my shortcomings and, and failures that I've had and how, how I've been able to turn that around and right. what that takes in order to do that, you know. Well, my I mean, take think, on pause. Oh, go ahead. Go oh, no, ahead. I was about to say that's. I think that's the one thing that's lacking in so much of the. I guess you could say the self-help space is the fact that most of these folks, these well-known folks, really don't share and be as upfront about their failures. They'll tip and tap on a yes. little bit, just enough. But I think you know. I know you're saying that you know those the, that those people have kind of taken over the space. You know, with the little you know the gurus or whatever. 
So it just kind of makes it a little difficult as far as you coming into the space. But I actually think right now it's like folks like yourself and like Mike and myself, you know, they need people like us in the self-help space because that's what self-help really is. It's like getting off your ass, accepting yeah. responsibility, admitting that you effed up and fix it and not just sit there and harp on it. Or even if you had success, it's like, okay, I got that success. Now it's time for another one. I'm not going to sit here and just rest on my laurels. And then for the next 10 years, I'm still rehashing the, the same yeah. bullshit and trying to be known for that guy or that girl who was this person, that person. It's yeah, like, it's, like, it's, it's like some of the kettlebell instructors exactly. we know where they've, they've been regurgitating what they learned 10 years ago. Now it's exactly. like, that's all you got? You don't have anything? else to say exactly so you know and, and it's well, funny you know, because, you know, oh, go ahead go ahead sorry man no sorry. no i was just saying that it's just funny about the whole self-help thing because out of all the categories in itunes that's where our show tends to like rank the most <laughs> rank the best yeah. is in self-help and i thought that was hilarious the first time i saw it i'm like do they even have a clue that and it's funny we'll be people reach out to us who are kind of in that little space that you were talking about, that just the, the more hippie type people, like, hey, you should check out our our guy, blah, 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 and he should, he'd be great for your show. I'm like, have you listened to our show? We'd eat his <laughs> ass alive, man. He wouldn't last five <laughs> minutes on this show talking about well, that crazy crap. <laughs> you know, addressing the whole failure thing, it's like uh, I, I even have a section that you actually have to fail in order to succeed. Absolutely. Because exactly. that's why people stagnate. They reach a certain level and they become comfortable in their situation and right. what they can do. And they fail to step out of that to try to, like you said, they are resting on their past laurels, whether it's with training or their music or their acting or their writing or whatever. It's like, who gives a shit what you did 20 years ago? You had a, you had a good record or you did this or you did that. It's, it's, it's kind of like, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> that, right. that, that's the real issue. And... You know, that's one of the things I say that what was I, you know, what was the catalyst really for me writing this book? Like it was supposed to be uh, like a guide, uh, a downloadable guide. And I went through a lot of stuff uh, last uh, in, in 2014. My brother almost passed away twice. He was in a he was mm -hmm. in a coma, you know, uh, all this other stuff happened. And then to top it all off, I went to Ironman, Florida. And it was, you know, 39 degrees on that day. I had no foul weather gear. The swim was canceled because 40 mile an hour winds and a riptide. So they pulled the swim. And then, you know, I did the 112 bike and then 13 miles into the marathon on the half marathon. As soon as I hit, I ran about 14 miles. I got hypothermia because I was running in a short sleeve compression uh, suit and shorts with like, you know, so I failed to prepare, uh, you know, I failed to prepare and, and, and I failed because I got hypothermia and it was just, it was this like, you know, and I wrote my friend who's, you know, cause my, I have a really good friend who's an active duty, uh, Navy SEAL and, and, uh, you know, he's just been a real inspiration for me and my training and his, his can do attitude. And he just fucking let me have the sauce right away. He didn't pull no punches you know, it was my fault, everything that happened, even though it wouldn't have been considered an Ironman anyway because it wasn't a swim still. You know, people were out there finishing the race, and I had to listen to people crossing the line because my hotel room was by, you know, by the thing. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, he's like, dude, you, you got to get back on the horse. And then, like, the day after he wrote me this email, I got a... Uh, email from Ironman, and they were like, look, Cozumel is not sold out. Anybody who was in Florida, they offered a slot. So I, the race was three weeks away, and 
I, I, I pulled the trigger on it and I was like, bam, you know what I'm saying? I know what mistakes I made, signed up for the race, got back in the pool, got back on the bike, started hitting my runs, went down there. I was prepared. I even had, you know, it, it, we was, we flew in the day before Thanksgiving and it was like a bad weather. My flight was canceled. I had to spend Thanksgiving, uh, you know, sitting in a hotel in Miami. We missed our flight to Cozumel. Then the bolt snapped in my seat the day before the ride. Had it happened <laughs> during the race, I, I just went down there prepared for fucking anything and I did my PR. I set my personal record down there, nice. and I ended 2014 on a positive note. And that's, yeah. you know, you never let negativity, uh, you know, ruin what it is, what what the real goal is that that you have. Well, to I think I think you can actually harness negativity rather than let negativity be something negative. You can actually I talk about the importance of <clears throat> negative thinking actually in my book, meaning that. What you just said, you, you you screwed up in one situation and that pissed you off, but you put that anger into something positive next and then ended on a high note. And that's that's happened to me many times throughout my life. I remember one time I had to give a public lecture and I completely bombed. I went totally blank. I started sweating profusely. My my manager came up and had to save the day. It was completely humiliating, but I couldn't wait to get back in front of the room after that because to prove to myself that I can pull this off because I went – I thought I was doing a good job, and then I just panicked. So I knew that I was close to success, and I just needed to go one more step. And then I, the next time I did it, I killed it. And now when I give lecture, every time I teach a course, I go blank at least once during the course. But I don't panic now. Now it's I know how to handle it. You just make a joke about it. You, you even ask the students, what was I saying? I don't even remember what I was saying. And they, they jump in. So I think I, I agree really wholeheartedly with what you're saying. But, you know, here's the thing. Out of all that, you know, both of you guys are talking about, you know, this is failure. But if we look at it like this. Like, John, you came back and you went to Cozumel and then you kicked ass of what you learned in Florida. You know, Mike, you kicked ass after you learned, you know, okay, I'm not panicking anymore. F that. That'll never happen again. So is it safe to say, though, I mean, see if you agree with me on this, guys. At that point, it's not really failure. You know, and it's only failure when you actually, like, something goes wrong and you just harp on that stuff. Or... This other stuff, all these situations that you guys went through is more like a failure precursor or like I say failure purgatory where you kind of like in limbo, right? They're like, okay, now what are you going to do? Are you going to bitch about it and cry about it? Then okay. that's when it becomes failure or it's like F that. That'll never happen again. So that was more of a learning experience and not necessarily failure. Well, I mean, it reminds me of the time that I didn't get the condom on fast enough and I lost the erection. So then I learned the next time to just play it. To, 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 I, I learned to. <laughs> wow, you didn't just go <laughs> I learned to decrease the lag time. <laughs> I was like, I was like, don't get up and walk across the room to get the condom. Just. <laughs> Yeah, we was on the heavenly planets. Now we're down in like Pitaloca. <laughs> hey, um, um, we we did a show. We did a show. Uh, we did a show last week on ED. So that's that's still in my mind. <laughs> All right, let it go, baby. It was a fail. <laughs> hey, this was this was 15 years ago, man. All right, this wasn't last week or something. Yeah, just so everyone on. knows. Oh, <laughs> uh, but a, a sincere, I yeah. agree. It's part of it, it, it is a failure in one sense, but in the other sense, it's part of the learning curve. You right. know. Right. You know, so no, it's I mean, just it's it's how we it's how it's how we react to the shortcomings that we have, you know, to, that we have. If if we let it, like you said, tear us apart, then right. ultimately 
you know, that it, then that is a failure, you know? Honestly, for me, it's motivating. Whenever I screw something up, it, it actually increases my motivation dramatically to do a better job. So in a lot of ways, it's a positive thing for me to screw up from time to time yeah, because it, exactly. gets, it makes well, my you know, you're, you're, you're one of those A-type personalities, so for the most most people, that fear, and, man. Yeah. You know, when those things happen and, you know, then it's, it's fear to, like, you know, to, to – uh, you know, to to step off that platform and jump in the water again. You know, it's right, like right. I, I just was down there with somebody who, like, they had to pull out of the water last time uh, for his last Ironman. They they had to, you know, he cramped up and had breathing problems, and and, and the uh, safety team had to pull him out of the water. Mm-hmm. So, like, the courage that it took for him to get back in that water, you know, that's balls of steel, man. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. That's very true. Some people just get completely crushed if they have a failure, even something minor, such as they have to give a lecture and they completely bomb, which is their worst fear, right? The the average person fears public speaking more than death. So when they get in front of a room and they screw up, that's their that's their worst fear coming true. And now they just try to avoid it completely, which is the wrong way to go. You need to get right back in there. Well, it's even on the flip side of that. You got some people, even just in relationships, like if someone has a divorce, they think they failed. Like I failed my marriage. No, shit didn't work out. It's like you probably had some expectations. Things didn't go right. And then for that point on, they don't want to have a relationship with anyone. They don't want anyone getting close to them or they'll do anything in their in their right well wrong mind to sabotage any any organic relationships that might even come about because they're still holding on to what went wrong with that marriage and thinking it was a failure like dude it's just okay look it didn't work so now you got to move on dude and so many people do that and it's just like you know what's wrong oh no i'm, I'm good i'm just gonna, i'm just gonna do me well you keep that attitude you're gonna be doing you for a long time after a while your hands are gonna <laughs> literally get chapped. Say, your hands are gonna get chapped after a while doing you man come on well, you know, sometimes uh, in, in another sense too, uh, you know, alone time is a good thing too. I look at it. I mean, when I wrote Evolution of the Crow Mag, you know, I was dealing with a lot of really heavy things that happened in my life, and right. I would it would have been disastrous to try to be with somebody at that point. I stayed by myself and com- and remained pretty much a hundred percent, you know, celibate for almost three years on that, you know, dealing with that. And, uh, you know, keeping my chi and everything and just, you know, training and, and, you know, a lot of people have to go to therapy for what I went through and I never, and I never did, but that was kind of my cleansing kind of period. So that alone time, I tell people that all the time when, you know, a lot of people try to have those rebound relationships and that, those are disastrous. (laughs) Those are disastrous too. The best time is. You know, when you start awakening your, your, you know, your consciousness, there's no question of like fear of being alone or any of that because, you know, you never I never I, that whole time. I never felt lonely or anything like, you know, I'm not uh, you know, I, I was actually feeling 100 percent completely satisfied with uh, what I had to do. And, you know, that's. That's the meaning of austerity is you undertake a hardship to achieve a higher result. That's right. the only way you get anywhere in life. Everybody wants everything. You know, this is the microwave society where <laughs> right. everything has to be handed to you. I want it. I want it right now. You know, nobody wants to put in the work. 
And Even the microwaves at, are too short now. Even that's like, oh, I'm sorry, microwaves are taking too long. Like three minutes? Three minutes? Yeah. I'm talking about, I got a what? If you, look at, if you look at the quality of the music and the quality oh, of geez. the writing and the quality of everything, yeah. you know, I always, I always quote Robert McKee because he says there's a direct correlation, uh, you know, between a, a, a decline of value in society and a mm-hmm. decline in the arts because the arts can gauge where fucking society is at. Look at the revolutionary music that was coming out in the 60s and 70s and even the 80s, you know, like the early 80s. You had, you know, so many great bands saying so many great things. And then like the 90s hit and it was all about commercialism and how do I get my uh, video on MTV and what's, you know, all right, this is what's happening, you know, rap rock now. So I'm going to be a rap rock band and... <laughs> well, even on the flip no, side of that, it's just like you, is, they started removing the arts even from just schools and taking it from yeah. the children right, right off the bat. So that right there says a lot about where society is heading when, when their creativity is being yeah. ripped from them and not being encouraged, where they're being more. Well, those, com- go ahead. Those are the free thinkers of society. I forget which conqueror it was, but he said, you know, the first thing we must do is, is kill the artists because they're the most dangerous. I forget. I forget who it was that said that. I'm blanking on the, on the quote right now. Yeah, but basically, thing you want is a creative thinker to you know sit there and find come up with different ways to combat any bullshit that you're doing. So that's probably you know especially someone that's out there. That's why they try to stifle those guys. You know the the Occupy movement and all that, and try to vilify them or whatever because they just want oh they're just out trying to have sex, relive the '60s, and you know they're in their little tents, they're smoking, they're doing your drugs and blah blah blah. It's like no man, you're kind of going past exactly what they're really trying to do with this. And then what ends up happening you got the lazy asses sitting at home watching on tv the little youngsters don't want to do crap and they hear they're like oh they're out having sex and tents and doing drugs yeah i'm gonna join the occupy movement so now they've kind of <laughs> almost did a propaganda to get those lazy asses out there to actually to actually validate what they said in the media and whatever so and, and tearing down the entire thought of what was really happening at that time but you know, at the same time, I agree with everything you guys were saying. At the same time, there's there's a lot of really good music going back to that example coming out, especially in the hardcore movement, John. I mean, it, you have to research it, you have to put some effort into finding it. But there's a lot of good bands that are coming out right now. They're just not commercially available, so you're not going to find them unless you look for them. But you know what's kind of good well, about it that, Mike? It, it was always like that. You know, I, was about to, I was just about to say that. I said, you know, it's kind of good that it's going back to that because now that's where a lot of these great bands that we love, and, and including John and the Cro-Max, but this is how they even came about because of the underground because it's that it's the underground in the streets that's really going to tell you, like, okay, this is good music. This is what we like. This is True, but Cro-Max buy. did have a lot of airplay on Headbangers Ball. That's how I found out about Cro-Max is it, we got to know was on Headbangers Ball all the time. So you guys did have some mainstream exposure from MTV it for at least a while. But not mainstream at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Look at what time yeah. Headbangers Ball came on, you know, and things like that. But, they, but, they, but it was one of their most highly viewed shows because well, it had time, a loyal you know? following. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was. It was, I was, I was the kids, like all of you, you and myself who couldn't go out to the hardcore clubs or anything like that. We had to sit our asses at home because we were too young. So what did we have to do? We had to live through those videos and well, watch I those went. shows that most people wouldn't watch. <laughs> I was 15 going to those shows, so I, I definitely <laughs> went, man. I, I had cool parents in that sense that I went to the crumb makes of the 930 Club when my, I was a teenager. Those were fun shows. This made reference to that, you know, when I was, you know, we did these shows and a lot of people came out. And I was like, you know, this was the one mu- music movement. The punk hardcore movement was the where you could find the most, you know, 
kind of aware people. I mean, you know, look at what was going on with the bad brains in, in, in the early 80s and, and the people that were, you know, kind of congregating around them and just or the whole, you know, the whole thing, man, the dead Kennedys and like, you know, just that whole kind of black, the black flag. Just, yeah, you know, there was so many cool people involved. And it was like this whole underground, you know, like kind of, uh, you know, click, man. That well, there was such a DIY attitude as well that had a profound effect on my business. I mean, I can't tell you how heavily I was influenced by guys like you and Agnostic Front and Madball, where you just made the music and took it out there to the people. And I took that philosophy and used it to create my fitness business. So to right. a large extent, I have a parallel path to you guys. Yeah, because that's what, you know, it was always about, see, people became too much attached to the result, you know, and that's, yeah, what's right. the, what, what does yoga teach you? It, it, you have a right to the work, you don't have a right to the result, and yes. everybody now puts the result first, and that's why when they don't get success, they give up. Yep. See, if you love what you're doing, despite whatever happens, I've been working on screenplays since 89, you know, I, I and I haven't sold one yet, but you know what? I love what I'm doing, man. So yeah, right. I'm going to keep at it. I love, you know, trying to figure it out and, and, and trying to write. I've got about five scripts and at some point something's going to happen, but I don't give up because, you, you know, I, I actually almost had one that just went into production. I adapted my book and, you know, Flower Pitches, Drew Barrymore's film company was on it. And then the whole company got restructured and it got lost in the cracks. And But people were bugging on the script. And that... You know, that that doesn't deter me from keeping on what I'm doing because, you know, it's like I love the work. I love the path. So I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, whether success or failure comes. Now, you, you do other things to pay the bills, yeah. though, right? So yeah, because yeah. what what about yeah, someone who's a, what, a nice book, well what about what about someone who's a screenwriter where that's all they're doing and they haven't made a dime in ten years and they're living in their parents' basement the and they're artist. like fuck man I'm forty three Stephen Pressfield says Stephen Pressfield says in the in the War of Art and he has another book and it's it's about turning world. pro okay. you know if you're yeah. gonna put all your eggs in in one basket like that then you need to make a living off writing and Robert McKee says that too. Right. And, you know, if you're going to be a writer, then you better make a living. Like, you know, I was offered by my agent from ICM to go out to L.A. and write for try to write. She can get me gigs writing for TV shows. And I said, you know, I don't want to uproot for right now. This is what I'm going to do. But I'm not saying down the road I wouldn't take I wouldn't take that offer. But it's the same thing with the music. You know, it's like. People uh, expect fame right out of the box, and then it doesn't happen, and blah, 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 and then they just quit. And, you know, for me, it's something I love doing. It's part of my DNA at this point, playing music. So it's like, it's something I love to do. So whether I'm playing for 150 or 200 people in a little club or some festival where there's like 20,000 people, to me, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like, I love... I love playing music, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quit playing music, regardless of whatever happens. You know, I right. think that's where it counts, right there. It's like you know, Mike and I both have been in situations where you know you have a workshop full of people. It could be. 40, 50 people, which is a lot in these kettlebell type workshops. Or you may have yeah. five. But guess what? The way I put on, the way I teach is not going to change. 
whether it's five or it's 50, I'm going to be the same guy with the same energy because you know what? Those five fucking people gave me their money. And, you know, and they expect the best. They, they want to get their money's worth out of that. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make sure I, stay, I come and deliver for that, man. You're just not, you're just not going to teach in that place again. That's true, man. That's yeah. the way, it's like, I'm going to give you guys my best, but I'm not coming back to fucking Akron, Ohio. So here's, here's the thing. You five people that can go tell the other to us. That just happened to us with a show. These kids yeah. didn't yeah. promote the shit and a hundred people came. But like, you know, what are we going to say? We ain't going to, you know. <laughs> They even shorted us on, on the fucking guarantee. And it's like, what are we going to do? Not play? When <laughs> when one kid drove five hours all the way, yeah. uh, you know, from uh, from Mexico right. and brought us food from his restaurant, uh, you know, it, you still got to go on and, and do the job. Will right. I book with those promoters again? Hell, Hell fucking no. no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's you have to be a professional because even if – I mean, just just for the sake of being a good person, that's the right thing to do. But even if you don't care about that, if you care about having a, a sustained career, exactly. you have to do it because word gets out fast, man. You screw kid. over people. <laughs> you could do one workshop where you screw people over, and the whole world is going to know now because of the Internet. Exactly. I was just about to say, that same kid that drove five hours from Mexico with that food, he's also got an Internet connection on his phone. And if you hadn't shown up, <laughs> he would have posted like, yeah. Yeah, see you bitches, these tamales in, were for in you. In multiple languages. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is the Ed. worst. <laughs> yeah. English speaking and Spanish speaking worlds like, oh, wow. are going to say, screw <laughs> these guys. <laughs> All of a sudden, that Barcelona gig is canceled. <laughs> and, <you know? laughs> Don't go to Cozumel again, John. <laughs> they, they know about you. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, yeah. I, I think I. I, you know, I, I no, go ahead. Go ahead, John, please. I was going to say, Prabhupada said that too. You know, if nobody comes to class, we'll give uh, Bhagavatam class or Bhagavad Gita class to the walls. You know, for for the living entities that are living in the walls, it's like, even if, you know, if you have the ability, you know, like now that I've been writing these books and stuff, man, more and more people come up and they're like, yo, dude, you know, like everything you've been doing has helped me out so much. And I think like, and then you come and play these shows and it's like, you know, and, and, and to me, that's the best thing. It's, it's not like I'm some kind of like, whatever, you know. You know, guru or nothing. I, I'm just a follower myself. But I think, like, you know, if our experience is just like what you guys are teaching with training and, and eating right and everything else, I mean, if that helps people, that's the greatest thing that you can do in this world is to relieve people of, of their suffering condition, you know. Yeah. So that to me is uh, if, if I told somebody to read a book and they read The Signs of Self-Realization by Prabhupada, like, I, it just happened to me. This dude was addicted to drugs and in and out of jail. And, like, and like, dude, he just wrote me this letter because he asked me, he goes, yo, man, you know, here's my story you said in evolution. And, uh, you know, if uh, if you're interested in, in, the, in the teachings of Prabhupada, to, you know, you'll send a book. So I sent him, like, three books, Science of Self-Realization, Perfection of Yoga, and, and something else. And the guy wrote me back, and he's like, dude, my life completely changed. I stopped getting high. I, I, you know, like, the books just completely changed my life. And to me, I'm like, you know, I, I didn't come up with any of the knowledge that I'm trying to relay to people. I'm just passing it on. Like, the mailman gets the mail. He don't open up the letters and right. change what's in there. He just delivers it. Some but can it. the mailman say credit for the letter? <laughs> no. And, and I don't either. I'm just... Try to parlay what knowledge has been 
taught to me from the bad brains and and from whoever in this in this life that's helped me and my experience and then if that helps somebody else then that's a great thing man that's what pma is all about man this is one thing i've one thing i've always you know i was always taught man is to once you realize what your gift is do it as if no one's watching or reading it, but then do it as if everybody's watching and reading it. And so when you go in with that attitude right there, because, again, it goes back to not having any expectations, but at the same time, don't sit there and hide it either. Don't 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 keep the blessings from everybody else. If you got that gift, man, do it. And and don't worry about who's going to see it and accept it. Just effing do it. Trust me, you're touching somebody out there because people are always watching, even if they're just watching so they can hate on you. You know, because guess what? That hate is also good promotion, too, because they'll start. Well, wait, wait, why, why is that? Why are sincere Mike assholes? What's the show you guys talking about? And next you know, your new listeners like, oh, they're not that bad. Maybe you're the asshole guy. And there you go. <laughs> but right. we're still going to do what we're going to do. You know, so. Well, you know, that's what a big thing about the whole thing is, too, is to pay it forward. You know, you have to, you know, you have to pay the gifts in life uh, forward. And, uh, you know, that's that's kind of been been my thing. And, and that's one of the ways also to keep a positive mental attitude is, is, you know, just paying it forward and helping other people. Mentoring and helping other people is a huge aspect of that whole thing, because, you know, then it comes, the focus comes off of you mm-hmm. and what you're doing and accomplishing and, and, and really trying to help, uh, you know, help other people. And, and I, I have people reaching out to me and still helping me. I keep the glass half full, man. I'm always trying to learn, trying to read, trying to study up, trying to, you know, expand my consciousness and learn stuff, whether it's training or, you know, with, with, with anything, you know, and, um, you know, once you stop learning it, then you stop growing and then yeah. you just, yeah, you just become some miserable motherfucker, like tweeting negative shit all day on the Internet. Like, you know, well, I think, I think it's I think it's important to be intellectually curious. Right. And this is one thing Joe Rogan talked about on his podcast where he's just very interested in a lot of different yeah. things where he said if he had if he had 10 lifetimes to live, he would fill up all of those things, you know, learn new languages, try different careers, live in other parts of the world. Yeah. And he's right, and I think I think a lot of people just don't value their life that much, where they don't look at those possibilities, where they think, oh, you know, life is boring. I'm going to live for the There's weekend. So it's like it's, if life is boring, that's your fault. Exactly, like it, that's <laughs> all on you. There's too many things in this big ass world, which is still small compared to everything else in this universe, for you to be bored, man. There's so many things out there to learn on a daily basis. And the thing is, I think a lot of people are too busy living the lives that are not theirs, and that's the reason why they're bored. Because right. they're trying to, they're living this facade, so they don't even know what the hell they're interested in in the first place. If they actually knew who <laughs> they were and what they gave yeah. a damn about, there's no way they could be bored, man. But they're too busy trying to be interested in other people's shit. <laughs> it's like, it's like someone who's 40 and they still don't know what they want to do with their life. It's like, have you ever, do you have any hobbies? Do you have any interests at all? I mean, well, come 40, on, man. You should man. be living your third life by now. You should be reinventing yourself at this point. Honestly, man. what I wanted to do is what I'm doing right now. Exactly. And I've wanted to do it since I was probably 18 without even really thinking of it consciously. Yeah. I, I, just never real, I just never saw a path to materializing it yeah. until I was 28. And then I took that opportunity and ran with it. But what, I, what I've always wanted to do is, has been in my mind for a long time. Yep. Yeah, that's... Uh... You know, thinking, feeling, willing, that's the nature of the mind. First you think about it, then you feel like you want to do it, and then you do it. So that could either be, you know, smoking a vial of crack or going and doing <laughs> a marathon. It works, it works positive or negative. It's just up to you which 
which way you choose to go in this life. But what do you, what do you say about people, John? That they know what they want to do, but they're just hesitant to pull the trigger. They keep on delaying, 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 delaying tactics, as I call it. What do you, what do you think those people should do? Well, I'm going to tell you straight up because I'm, I'm, you know, the thing about writing. What I've learned is that a lot of the lessons that I learned about writing and from my teachers, like, you know, guys that really influenced me, like Stephen Pressfield, who did The War of Art, and my teacher, Robert McKee, and everything else I learned is that's resistance. And, you know, a deep resistance to something usually indicates that there's a deep need for that in your life. Like, the things you have the most resistance against in life, sobriety, exercise, you know, some type of, uh, of spirituality or... You know, the things that we resist the most against usually are the things we need the most. And I always, you know, try to use uh, the uh, example. Really, it goes back to my, my corkboard thing. You have to visualize what it is and take that first step to do it and compartmentalize it. You know, and that's what I do is... Right. You know, if I looked at, oh, shit, how am I going to write a script and fill 120 pages? But guess what? If I break that down and attain small goals along the way, and I did that just last night because I just got my step outline done for the TV show. But at first, it was such a daunting task. I found I found myself resistant against it like crazy. And I made a goal that by the time I go to California tour, I want to have the whole step outline done, every scene mapped out so I can start writing it. And I was putting it off and putting it off. And it just, it will irritate the shit out of you. Resistance, if you give in to resistance, you will be one unhappy, miserable fucker. You have <laughs> to take the steps done, break it down into sections and get it done. And I'll bring you again to the example of my friend who, you know, did two hell weeks and made it, you know, he got psyched, which he almost died in buds and it was in the hospital and everything else. And, and, and what he did was break it down, compartmentalize what he had to do and get those small victories along the way. And eventually that's going to lead up to the overall success of the task. But you right. never look at the end of the task like a, whether it's writing a script or finishing buds or doing an Ironman or whatever the hell it is you're trying to do, it's you'll be overwhelmed, and that's what too many people do. And no, that's, that's a good point. We do that. We deal with that a lot in our world, the strength training yeah. world, where let's say someone has a deadlift of 400 pounds and their goal is 500. It's like, well, you don't focus on 460 as your next goal. You focus on 405, then Increments. 410, 415, Increments. 420, 425. 430, right? And then you gradually work your way up there. Otherwise, if you're, if you're thinking, I want to add 100 pounds to my deadlift in a month, that's not going to happen. And you're going to be discouraged and disappointed. You have to, set realistic, you have to be real. You have to set realistic goals. Right. That's the other thing. You know, set each, each of those little goals is a big confidence booster, though, right. because it, it's right. letting you know you're going in the right direction. And you know what? If you did throw the 480 on there, you know what? You're going to fail. And then, <laughs> right. like I said, a lot of people can't bounce back from that 
you fail, you get, you might get injured, and then you're laid off for six months and can't even train. I mean, a lot of stupid things can happen from being impulsive and impatient. Yeah, I think people overlook the, the term when they say, it's, well, it's a slow progression. I think the word you're missing there is progression. It's still progressive. <laughs> right. You know, you're, right. you're focused on slow. You, you focus on the smallest freaking yeah. word in that phrase instead of the, the one that's I mean, right after that. The thing about people is why does it have to happen right now, right? Like if I have a goal what? that if I have a goal that deadlift 550, does it have to happen today? Who cares if it happens a year from now or two years from now? It doesn't have to happen right now is to, to affect my happiness one way or the other. And then once it happens, and then what? Because that's, <laughs> yeah, what, exactly. that's, that's what it's going to feel like once you do it. When you are <laughs> right. 550 and you're like, bam, got it, PR. It's always okay. going to take longer than you think it's going to take. That's the first thing I tell people whenever they're trying to do anything. I go, look, it's always going to take longer than you would like it to, so you better enjoy the process. Exactly. It's just like a, it's like an MMA fight. It's like these guys, they have a three-, four-month training camp, and they're going through it, and they're training every day, two or three times a day. Then they get to the fight, and they end up knocking somebody out in seven seconds. You like, dude? Just or, or they get knocked out. Get knocked out. Now that really sucks. <laughs> so okay. So once that happens, yeah, but, and then what? Okay. You know, that's why to me, it, you know, that's what I really talk about in the new book a lot is, you know, how to get your shit done, and that's, you know, to me, one of the main processes that I do is to, you know, to break it down and, you know, break a huge task down into smaller goals that you can actually accomplish and, and increase. Never, you know, it, it, it's when you gain ground in a battle, you don't give that ground up. You keep you keep forging ahead. And that's. Uh, but, you know, you I, know, I think I think motivation can be deduced to a very simple answer. And what I mean by that is. If you actually want to do something, you're going to figure out a way to do it. Oh, yeah. And if you don't, yeah. it's because you didn't want to you do it. You give a shit about it. Yeah, because when people are like, well, I need more motivation or I need this, I go, <laughs> no. You actually need a goal you care about achieving is what you need. What's even funny is when he's like, you know what, Mike? You know, you know, I'm just, you know, you guys, you motivate me. No, I don't, I don't even know you. It's I like, why, why, why should we motivate you? Exactly. I, we we I, don't even motivate ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> he, he has his business. He has stuff going on in his life. I have stuff going on in my life. And the things that motivate me, the things that motivate me, probably have not anything to do with him. So my thing is, here's one thing. People confuse the word inspire and motivate. You, okay, you may be inspired by what somebody else does, but guess what? They shouldn't be your motivation. They can be inspiration, but they shouldn't be your motivation. Because yeah, what, what, what if they go away? What, what if we stop doing the show? All of a sudden, those listeners oh. that are motivated, what are they going to do? They're going to stop trying to do what else. they're doing? <laughs> yeah. They're going to find someone else. And, and it keeps going on and on and on. And again, it goes back there's, to what I said earlier. There's nothing, nothing yeah. more powerful than being self-motivated. That's what people really, really need to realize is you need to be your own inspiration. Yeah, you should so. be, what you am should I be getting yourself fired up. <laughs> you should yeah, be fired up by yourself, your own success, your drive, everything you want to achieve. And you got to ask yourself right now, we just said that, if you just ask yourself, like, do I, do I inspire myself? Do I fire myself up? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's the stepping stone right now. That's how you get started. Because if that made you feel very uncomfortable when Mike said that, there's that resistance that Stephen Pressfield was talking about right there. It right. should make you feel uncomfortable. If you just said, like, shit, what? how do I fire myself up? I'm, I'm alone. I'm alone. Well, I'm with my dogs, but I'm basically by myself most of the week. Same here. Now, man. if I'm not self-motivated, 
then who the fuck is going to motivate me? I'm not going to get anything done. If I get, I'm an entrepreneur who works at home. So if I'm not self-motivated, then oh, nothing's going to get I done. Sit, I could probably sit here with my hand in my pants watching TV all freaking day because yeah, exactly. I live the same lifestyle because my wife's out doing her thing. She's got stuff to do, which is a great relationship. Dudes, find you a woman who has shit to do and not people to do or dudes to do, but actually things to do that she's motivated just, to do. Just, just to clarify <laughs> But you're not living off of her, just hey, to clarify no, that point. <laughs> because some guys are like, shit, sincere. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> you know? All of a sudden, you know, you hear just a gigolo song in the background or whatever. Like, no, man. But yeah, I think you're right. In any endeavor where it's up to you, you know, like I said, I chose a certain career path in my life, and it ain't, the, it, you know, it's not the nine to five where I have to answer to somebody every day, right. but that's not to say I'm not up at six o'clock and five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, working till 10 o'clock at night. I work harder than the average Joe. Yeah, absolutely. But the yeah. thing is, it's up to me to get my ass in gear because, you know, like, you know, nobody's going to force me to write. Nobody's going to force me to to book shows or, or write music or, or do anything for that matter. And uh, it, you, you do have to, you know, motivate yourself, you know, to make shit happen. And I think part uh, of... Well, I think, I think the problem is people always feel like they need someone else to do something. It's like, oh, I need, a, I need an assistant to organize my schedule. Oh, yeah, or I, or I, need, I need a financial planner to get me... I need an accountant. I need this. I need a trainer. I need someone to help me with my editing. And then it just goes on and on and on. And what they really need is self-motivation. You know? That's procrastination. You know, when <laughs> yeah. you stop making excuses all the time, that's a form of resistance too because yeah. like, you, you have to have something else to make. No, you know what you do? You, you fucking put your best foot forward, man, and you start and you start taking the steps. I mean, Pressfield Pressfield talks about how even jerking off is a form of delay. You know, because it's like, it's like you know, he says that he uses that exact example in War of Art. He's like, look, that's the greatest form of resistance. You know, you sit, you're out of scene. Fuck it, I'll just go on the internet. <laughs> I was laughing so hard when I read that part. It's like those, those of you guys out there are jerking off. That's a form of resistance too, man. Get your head out of your pocket. And start working. That, that, keeps, that motherfucker keeps it real, dude. Yeah, exactly, man. man. I, 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 he, he said some shit in his books that just had me dying because I've been there. Yeah, we're we're actually trying to get him on the show, man. I think it would be awesome to have him as a guest. He's a he's a really good writer. I really like his books. I forgot. Oh, yeah, um, this is funny. I forgot what comedian it was. Mike said it's like he said, "Yeah, man, I had to stop jerking off." Why? He's like, "Man, come on, you spend more time looking for some good porn and actually busting off to some good porn." <laughs> he said, "So you end up losing time just trying to like find four hours good. go by." Exactly. Porn, porn is the new Facebook, and you're on there wasting time all day. And long. you still haven't busted one yet. You're still looking like, dude. <laughs> you're like, nah, that's not gonna nah, do it. Nah, nah that's that's not like, oh, that's too crazy. I'm not into that. No, I don't want anybody to think I'm crazy or some kind of freak. Yeah, then, then you have to keep up in the end. He's like, nah, that's not enough. You looking for crazy so then you shit. go back to that crazy thing like you know what that wasn't that crazy you that's know, what that's when you find yourself on an amish porn size like amish hey midget. <laughs> amish midget porn <laughs> with one leg <laughs> oh man yeah there's so many distractions out there and there's so much resistance but honestly i think it really comes back to what i just said if you care about achieving the goal you're not going to be distracted by any of those things things that i want to get done nothing gets in my way I won't allow it because I'm so focused on that. I'm not even thinking about anything else. Now, if it's something I don't really care about achieving, yeah, I'm easily distracted. 
But that's the problem. I don't care about achieving it. Exactly. Right. Well, I think, you know, the, uh, you know, it's, that's why it said the value of anything is in direct proportion to the amount of risk you're willing to take to get it. The greater the value, the greater the risk. So, you know, this whole area of, of kind of self-improvement, I mean, really, there's nothing more, more to value in life than improving ourselves as human beings. But it also requires the, the most uh, amount of risk to do that. If you think about it, you know, when you start trying to break away from the herd, man, you know, it's like then everybody's criticizing. They're fucking, you know, oh, yeah. oh he doesn't hang out and go to fucking strip clubs no more. Oh, man, <laughs> you, man, he's, you know. Oh, what's up with that? Oh, well, well, even what? even even organizational you're too good for hurts. McDonald's? You're too good for McDonald's now, motherfucker. Well, there, there's even in the fitness world, there's a lot of organizational herds, meaning you're part of some organization. You're not an employee. You're just part of an organization where they try to dictate what you can or can't do, and you decide to break away from that, and you'll get a lot of flack from the organization saying, "Oh, you're not going to be able to make it on your own." You know, I'm speaking personally yeah. from this. And that, that again, is another motivator. Like I used to be part of the RKC organization, Kettlebell organization. I wasn't happy with what was going on there, so I left. And a lot of people thought I was done. They're like, that's it. He's done. Because they thought all of my success was from organizational support, which I knew personally it wasn't. And that's why I went on, long story short, to have way more success on my own than I ever did in that organization. Right. Yeah. It takes balls to do that, man. Not everybody is, uh, you know, got the fucking set of testicles to believe in what they're doing enough, especially when other people try to create, you know, doubts for you. You know, they try yeah, but to when, when someone tells me I can't do something, that's the best thing they can ever tell me because I mean, just me just a just a metaphorically bitch slap them. I will prove them wrong. You know. <laughs> And it's always those people that come back like, hey, Mike, I see you doing your thing, man. <laughs> yeah. And here's the funny thing when they say this. I'm proud of you. Fuck you. Proud of me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've had my, that first of all, you're not my parent. You're, you're not my father. You know, so it's not like you raised me for 18 years. And like, okay, you're on <laughs> exactly. your own, little bird. You know, tomorrow, I'm proud of you, man. Come on, really? Yeah. You were hating on me before. Oh, no, no, like, no. It's like, we'll say, we'll, it's like, we'll like, say that shit publicly instead of sending me a private email. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I've gotten those kind of like, like, even even with the last deal, you know, we just got this one dude, you know, we tried to like get him, you know, to put to put the book out, uh, Meetings for Pussies and and uh you know and he would he, he didn't see he didn't see the vision of like what the whole thing the brand, you know, that we're creating. And uh you know, he just sent an email to my business partner and he's like, dude, man, like, that was such a mistake. Like, you know, I'm so glad you guys pushed on. He, I mean, I think he was sincerely happy that, you know, the thing, you know, happened for me like that anyway. But I think, you know, he was kind of like, you know, like to get shot down like that and then just to keep going ahead because you believe in something, you know, so much. That's what... Yeah, well, this, this is why this is why I always so say you can't that. listen to the critics, man. Right. The critics are critics. Most critics are frustrated, you know, people that have tried to become writers or actors or yes, fucking. Absolutely. You know, I'm, a, I'm a professional bitch. And they failed. <laughs> and they failed. 
Well, I mean, the, know, mod, the, mod, the modern-day unprofessional critic are just a bunch of jerk-offs on message boards talking shit about people they've never met, and they don't have the balls to do anything on their own, so they got to try to put down anyone else. And I, I really liked what Anthony Johnson had to say after he beat Gustafson a couple weeks ago, UFC fighter, where he said he said he actually felt bad for Gustafson because you know he was he knew that he was getting in the way of his dreams and so forth, and that he doesn't like that when anyone is down, people just put him down further. So you need to put your hand out and help that person up. He's like talking about that's what's wrong with our world is that someone's down, you just want to beat them down. I really liked what he had to say. It, it really made me become a big fan of his. I was gonna say this past weekend is a. I mean, from from every UFC fight to the Super Bowl to Warren Sapp getting busted for you know allegedly having a prostitute, you know, soliciting a prostitute. It's just funny how everybody goes on and they're so ready to slam everybody. But I'm always asking all these people like, like really? So I'm like, what have you done? What's going on in your life? Please show me well, that what, rock. What show me that rock which, in your pocket that you're going to cast yeah. as that first stone. Please. What have you done which you would not want other people to know about? You know, exactly. everyone has stuff they've done where they're like, shit, hope that doesn't get out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or, or you're like, man, I don't want to piss her off too bad. Or more than shit. anything else, when someone like Warren Sapp gets caught, they're like, oh, man, I'm glad I'm better him than me. That's what they're really thinking. Exactly. Then yeah. they have to overcompensate and come out publicly. Oh, shame on him. It's like, shut up, motherfucker. And that's been killing me right there. Like, oh, man, come on. When are we going to do better, men? I'm like, really? <laughs> especially if it was another guy saying this. I'm like, oh, I need you to shut up. I'm like, he's a human being Mr. first. Mr. Judgmental Prick, man. It's like, 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 how much child porn are you watching in your spare time? And, and is that the worst thing in the world? He had a prostitute. Was 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 she 12? No. It was no. a grown woman, right? So what's the big deal, man? I mean, that's a separate discussion. But yeah. bottom line is, just get off your fucking moral high ground. Is, first of all, prick. that's between that man, his family, and his attorney. Okay. Honestly, this is what hurts a lot of people in in the vegan movement. And sure, John can agree with this, where they just have this sanctimonious attitude and that's always going to be off-putting. You could have someone who's like, you know what, I'm I'm receptive to this message because I love animals and I like what it's all about. And then some sanctimonious prick comes along with this judgmental tone, and you're like, you know what, fuck those people, man. I'm just going to go. I'm going to go have a steak right now. So it's, exactly. it's, this sanctimonious but, attitude. But then is never- it gets worse because then the people you say like, see, I told you they were crazy. To my yeah, I'm going to yeah, slaughter yeah, you right. everything. I'm like, that's our God-given right. That's in the Bible. I'm like, okay, now you now you need to stop talking. so it's just like after a while it's like this is what it comes down to you know you need to really don't look to other people for motivation to do anything look what does it make you feel how does it make you feel inside man if it's going against your gut don't fucking do it don't go don't do it It doesn't you don't need to find anyone inspire you to do the right thing no, it's okay. exactly. And to be fair with this example, I know a lot of paleo people that are total nut and jobs. That's why, too, and that's why I threw not, that in there. You yeah, know, it's, not it's, just, not just it's not just them. It's like, oh, no. and, oh sh- and then you got the people, the anti-sugar people. And I'm like, oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, the paleo people are like, this is the way our ancestors ate. Bullshit. Not, not my ancestors. Eat the like, paleo myth and shut up. I'm like, can we do a DNA test and show that you and I are not in the same gene pool right now? Come <laughs> on, your ancestors and my ancestors were in two different parts of the world at the time that yeah. you're referring to this. Man. Well, well my, my response <laughs> to all that is this. I don't give a fuck what our ancestors did. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care how the Romans worked out. I don't care how prehistoric man ate. We have way more information now on effective training and nutrition, so let's utilize it. Just because more people are obese now than ever doesn't mean that there's a lack of good information. There's great information out there. There's lack of utilization hey, of that information. Hey, man, my ancestors were also getting chased by fucking lions and everything else. I don't want to live that way. I'm good. I mean, the average Roman soldier was five foot six, 150 pounds. I could, I, could, I, I could punt kick those guys. All right, it wouldn't last five minutes of one of my workouts. I don't give a fuck how those guys worked out. You know, shit, man. I'm good. So yeah. 
John, we know you got to go, but uh, where, can, where can people find out more information on your new book as well as Evolution of a Crow Magnet and Meat is for Pussies? Uh, well, you know, you can follow me at JJ Cromag, at JJ Cromag on Twitter, and also the website, uh, purepma.com is, uh, is my website, and I list uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, on the website, you know, I'm on Facebook and all that stuff, whatever. But uh, you know, I just uh, try to keep keep everything uh, positive. And like I said, we got this big. I don't know when this show airs, but we have a big uh, California tour coming up. Oh, really? Yeah, just just bang out some dates, some dates that you're going to be out there. Yeah, we're in uh, L. Uh, damn, Arizona, Pub Rock on the 11th of February, the Soda Bar, San Diego on the 12th, Long Beach the 13th, Los Angeles the 14th at Los Globos. We're all the way up in uh, Santa Cruz, San Francisco, the Parkside on the 18th, then Seattle on the 19th, and uh, then we head to Canada for three shows and then and then home. Awesome. You know? Yeah, you know, and uh, it's a great thing, you know. We we, we get out there and do do our best uh, every day and and meet, you know. It's great to see, like, some of the dudes our age in their 40s and 50s, and then they bring their teenage kids, and they they just, you know, love the show, and, you know, you get to spend some time with them afterwards, and, you know, I'm just, you know, it's, you know, People say, you know, they're honored to have us there. And um, and, and I, I right away immediately say, dude, we're the ones honored that we can still do this. And you guys, you know, come out to the shows and, and uh, it's a great thing, you know. Yeah, so that's the great attitude so, to have right yeah. there. But you never you never want to lose. Like, yeah, you never want to lose that. Well, appreciation. that's what you know, yeah. Ian said that. And so did Henry Rollins. You know, previously to punk and hardcore, it was this like. You know, rock stars are gods. Worship them from 50 feet, you know, away from the stage in a barricade. And punk <laughs> rock, you were able to fucking just like, you know, they, it kind of slayed that whole rock star bullshit attitude. And, uh, you know, and, and the, the audience became part of the show, you know. And, and I think that's a great uh, that's a great thing. Just because we play music. That doesn't mean we're better than anybody else. It's just, you know, we we do a certain thing and, 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 and you know what, we vibe on it. If the audience don't come to your show, that's what I got to say to these egomaniac fucking bands and egomaniac people, is if the audience don't come to your show, then there's no show. Yeah, you right. know? So well, I think I think a lot of these rock stars need to get over their pure PMS and pick up your <laughs> p- pure PMA. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be posting, They'll be a lot happier. Like JJ on Twitter, I'll be posting like keeping everybody in the loop about the book and and anything else I'm doing. And uh, you know, I, I enjoy you know seeing what other people are doing too. You know, it's a, it's a great thing, man. And uh, you know, we got a special show coming up in May. At the Super Bowl of Hardcore in New York, which I don't want to let the cat out the bag now because it's not announced, but it's going to be a pretty big, uh, pretty big thing going on. Uh, New York City, John. Yeah, that's uh, that's in the middle of May, and we're going to be uh, headlining the first night. So uh, you know, 
it's uh you know just good good stuff and, and staying positive and and uh you yeah, know. There's, there's a lot of great bands that are still killing it. You guys, Agnostic Front, Madball, Wisdom and Chains. Yeah. I mean, Turnstile, Taking a, uh, let's see, Take Offense is awesome. Rotting Out, there's I, I, Biohazard still out there. Back, yeah. I thought you were going to say Taking Back Sunday. I was going to be like, yo, dude. Are you, <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no. Are you a secret emo kid? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I grew up with you guys, man. I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't be like that. <laughs> no, but there's a there's a you lot know, of good music. For me, uh, thanks for having me, man. On such short notice, and uh, oh, thanks for coming on such oh, short man. notice. Oh, dude, man, you guys, uh, you know, rock. I love what you're doing, and uh, I reached out to Pete. Hopefully, you know, sick of it all, and those. Yeah, I, I hit him. I hit him up. Not a band that brings it every night, you know. Yeah, sick of it all is awesome. Their new record is killer, so we we definitely want to get. Yeah. The bassist, I think, would be a really good fit for our show, so I'm going to reach out to him. Thanks for the contact, man. I appreciate it. Pete is the guitar player. Yeah, that's what I mean, the guitar player, Pete. Yeah, yeah. Pete's like, you know, he's the machine behind that machine. I've seen him in a bunch of interviews, and I just thought right away this would be be a cool guest. It don't don't get more positive than that dude, man. Like I've, I've hung out with him, spent time with him, seen him training in the gym, and you know, he's just he's just a fucking great person, you know, and, and they deserve to still be going to Europe and doing huge shows because, you know, they kept they kept doing it. They never gave up, you know, no, they're they're very consistent, very hardworking band. And I love yeah. I, I love the name man. sick of it all. That's a great name for a hardcore band. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it just says it all right there. Well, hey, man, we appreciate you coming on. And hey, thanks a lot, man. Sincere, thanks. Uh, you know, it's good good uh, chewing the fat with you guys, man. Always, man. You know? Well, thanks, All right. Thanks a lot, buddy. Take you care, take buddy. care. Hey, Have a good day. Bro. Peace. Peace, man. Take care. That, again, is our friend John Joseph. Check out his book, Evolution of a Crow Magnet. You can get it on Amazon.com. Meet Us for Pussies, you can get on Amazon.com. His new book will let you know when it's available. Check him out on Twitter and check out some of the Crow Mag shows that are coming out to the West Coast. That's going to be really cool. I'm going to try to – I'm actually going to try to make it to New York City in May for – because Madball's putting on a big festival as well. So that would be cool if, if those two shows that they're talking about align. I would definitely try to make some of that. And don't forget to support us. Go to MikeMahler.com. Use that coupon code LLA. Get 10% off workshops, T-shirts, videos, nutrition supplements, you name it. And how about with you, man? Same thing. NewWarriorTraining.com. Coupon code LLA. You can use that for DVDs, books, coffee coffee stands, all that good stuff, man. It's all over there. Weight management program. It's all there. So use that coupon code. Make it happen. Also, make it happen over Stitcher and iTunes. Leaving a review. And give us a five-star rating because you know you like it, all right? (laughs) (laughs) And the third way to do it is to go over to Patreon.com and become a patron of the show. Go into that little box where it says Donate. Erase that one, add five. Or if you're going to keep that one on there, add a zero behind it. That'd be cool. Maybe a few zeros. Or like Mike said last time, hell, if you do like 500,000, hell, we, you become part of the show. So, so Yeah, I mean, for, for those of you that don't like us pitching our business each episode, tell you what, you donate 10,000 bucks, man, 
and not only will we we'll we'll stop talking about our products and services we'll give you a plug for every episode for the rest of the year so how about that put your money put your put your money where your mouth is donate ten thousand bucks man and you have my word we'll stop talking about our products it'll be called the lla podcast sponsored by (laughs) you mr 110 grand man don't ever talk without being able to back it up (laughs) but in the meantime there's there's the offer 10 bucks for now buddy (laughs) and keep pitching our products so on that note man make sure you guys tune in next week another great show coming at you and thanks everybody for tuning in take care take care everyone